What's up, guys? Brett Apple here from DailyFanMMA.com, back with another UFC Quick Picks on the Mayo Media Network. We have UFC Fight Night Luque versus Muhammad this week. 14 fights on the slate. I'm not going to lie, it's kind of a tough slate. A lot of these fights are pretty low level, and it's tough to really take stands one way or the other. But still going to give you my favorite cash game play, tournament play, salary play, and my fade of the week from a DraftKings perspective. Before I do that, make sure you subscribe to the channel. As always, like the video, really helps us out, and comment below who your favorite play is in the 9K range. There's a few interesting options. I'm going to give you a couple that interests me, but I'm curious who you are on in the 9K range. So make sure you jump on that. And without further ado, let's move on to my cash game play of the week, which is going to be Jakar Close at 9.4K. All right, I like Jakar Close this week in cash games at 9.4K. The 9K range is interesting, as I already mentioned. Close, I feel, is probably the safest of the bunch. He's minus 700 to win. So the odds reflect that as well. And he's, you know, he's a pretty well-rounded fighter. Um, not particularly great anywhere. Averaging 3.8 significant strikes per minute landed. 3.6 per minute absorbed. Averaging 1.5 takedowns landed per 15 minutes. Takedown defense around 68%. But he's fought, you know, mostly good competition. Coming off a loss to Benil Dariush. Um... Other than that, he's won five of his previous six fights. My only concerns with him, I'll mention two of them. The first one is that Close isn't 100% healthy. Um, He's still suffering from the effects of that shove at the weigh-ins against Jeremy Stevens like years ago where Stevens, you know, shoved him. It wrenched Close backwards and he like his neck is all screwed up like he needs like surgery on his neck and he's talking about it this week essentially saying i'm not 100% i never will be 100% again unless maybe i get surgery it, it doesn't sound great so <laughs> i'm hesitant on close for that reason alone but it's still a good matchup for him and i tend to mostly ignore the noise look at the skill for skill and he's a better fighter than Brandon Jenkins, who is coming off a really, really poor loss to Rong Zhu, in which he was knocked down, beat up on the feet, taken down six times. And Jenkins is kind of just a scrapper. But unless he knocks Close out, I don't really see him winning. I think Close is a more technical striker, a more physical fighter, and definitely a better wrestler. Uh, Jenkins will be a little bit taller than him. But yeah, defending takedowns at 25%. I, I think Close is fairly safe he should be able to win this fight at range and in the clinch and on the ground and i think there's a pretty good chance he wins inside the distance as well minus 105 to win inside the distance is a good mark the reason i i'm mentioning him in cash games as opposed to tournaments is because you know close actually has never won inside the distance in the ufc he has five wins all five wins have come by decision so him putting up you know 120 points isn't necessarily a lock. I think he has multiple ways to score with striking, with grappling, with control. I think he's pretty safe to win, and the odds indicate that at minus 700. But this isn't a case where I'm so confident he's going to smash, score 120, end up on the optimal lineup. And I think in tournaments, 
there are other avenues for you to go in this top range. And we'll talk about some other ones, but I think there's several interesting options in the 9K range where even if close looks great, wins this fight comfortably, he might score 95 points and miss out on the optimal lineup. So for tournaments, it's a little bit of a different story. For cash games, I think you just roll with the safety. He's by far the safest fighter on the slate based on the betting odds, multiple ways to score, a very weak opponent, and a pretty good inside distance line as well. So it still does indicate that he has finishing upside, high upside from a DraftKings perspective. 9.4K, the well-rounded close. He's going to be my cash game play of the week. Next, I am going to give my tournament play of the week, who will be Martin Budai at 9K, taking on Chris Barnett. Barnett is coming off a highlight real knockout win over Jean Vellante, spinning wheel kick. I own the NFT, great performance, but I still don't think Barnett is that great of a fighter. I think he's pretty small for the heavyweight division. He's only five foot nine. You know, he's got a big gut. He's not not the greatest athlete in the world. He can kind of, you know, stand at range, kick a little bit here and there, has some power in his hands, but he's not an elite knockout artist by any stretch. And he's really, really weak as a grappler. And we already saw that in his UFC debut against Josh Barnett, kind of just, sorry, not Josh Barnett, Ben Rothwell, kind of just got thrown to the ground and then was submitted in the second round. And he's now taking on a, a pretty legit prospect and Martin Budai coming off the contender series there's always a chance that these contender series guys fool us fool me they actually suck and maybe Barnett will just get back-to-back knockout wins but I like what I've seen from Budai in the regional scene he's nine and one professionally um six wins by knockout two by submission I consider him just pretty talented in all areas of the game he's a pretty comfortable boxer not like the, the the most fluid one, not the highest volume one, but pretty composed, pretty technical. He's got power in his hands. I mean, he's standing six foot four, so he's going to be way bigger than Barnett. Just a great, uh, a very good athlete as well. And then he's also a very good wrestler. And I guess my concern is that there are some fights where Budai doesn't look to wrestle at all, and he just uses his boxing and uses his clinch work to win, which is fine. He still has knockout upside there. I would really prefer that he wrestles in this spot because Barnett is not a good defensive wrestler. And I think Budai, if he tries to take Barnett down, he will be able to. And if he does land takedowns when he gets on top, he, I mean, he probably beats Barnett up, maybe gets a submission. The other thing is Barnett tires out. So we, we've seen it in both his UFC fights, but in the first one, he gassed out in the second round. And I think grappling a little bit with Barnett will definitely slow him down, get him tired to the point where I could easily see Budai finishing this fight in the mid to later rounds. I just think Budai is better everywhere. I think he's a better boxer. I think he's a better wrestler and grappler, better cardio, bigger, stronger, more physical. But there's a little bit of unknowns, a little bit of lacking in data. There's some variance in the heavyweight division. So it's not a lock. Budai is minus 230 to win. I think that's a fair number minus 170 to win inside the distance. That is the best line on this entire card. Granted, there is risk as mentioned, but I think he has plenty of upside at 9K. I'm willing to target Budai as my tournament play of the week. All right, next up, my salary play of the week. I'm going to give out Kevin Kroom at 7.4K. And look, this is, it's the opening prelim fight of the night. Neither of these guys, Kroom or his opponent, Alatang, are very good. So 
it's this is this is a risk. I'm not really confident in this at all, but I'll give you my reasons why. I mean, Alatang is the favorite here at minus 170, I believe. Kroom's the underdog plus 150. But so Kroom made his UFC debut at lightweight at 155 pounds and he won. He submitted uh, Roosevelt Roberts. And then he dropped down to 145 pounds, which suited him better. But he fought Alex Caceres, lost a pretty clear decision there. Then he fought Brian Kelleher, got out wrestled, lost a clear decision there. And now he's dropping in weight again to fight Olatang at bantamweight. And he is going to be considerably bigger than Olatang. And that, that doesn't mean everything, but Kroom is going to be six inches taller and seven and it's going to have a seven inch reach advantage so that probably will help him out um you know brian kelleher is a good a, a good wrestler and grappler a very good fighter and alex caceres a total veteran and losing to those guys at 145 it's not the worst thing in the world alatang is the worst fighter Kroom has faced in the ufc and Kroom is going to have a significant size advantage so that definitely piques my interest um the problem is Krim just isn't great anywhere. Like he's an adequate striker at best. He outlanded Brian Kelleher at distance, which is pretty impressive. He's got a black belt in jujitsu, but not a spectacular wrestler offensively or defensively. Defending takedowns at 30%. Got stuffed on like 15 of 16 takedowns by Alex Caceres. However, Haile Alatang doesn't have a, a, a very well-rounded game either. He's averaging 2.75 significant strikes landed per minute, absorbing 5.1 per minute. So it's not as if if this fight plays out in the feet, Alatang is super likely to win. I mean, Alatang has some power, but unless he wins by knockout, he's just not going to land that many strikes. And being at a massive height and reach disadvantage, it's hard for me to just easily predict him to win by knockout. He hasn't done it yet in the UFC. He's landed 36, 46, 47, and 36 significant strikes. I mean, I favor Kevin Kroom while this fight plays out on the feet. Now, Alatang is a good wrestler, and I do think he can take Kroom down. That's probably his path to victory. And in his first two fights, he went three for seven on takedowns, and he went four for 13 on takedowns. So seven for 20. In his last two fights, which spans you know 30 minutes of cage time, he went 0 for 1 and... 0 for 0. So he's attempted one takedown in his last 30 minutes of cage time. And that may not mean he won't wrestle here. Like I still expect Alatang to wrestle, but there's at least a chance that he doesn't because he hasn't in the last 30 minutes. And so it's another reason why it's hard for me to be very comfortable in Alatang. And even if he does land takedowns, Kroom's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He just survived Brian Kelleher. I think he can threaten if necessary and maybe get back to his feet. And on the flip side, Alatang just gave up three takedowns himself. And I know Kroom isn't a spectacular offensive wrestler, but again, he's got a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He attempted 16 takedowns against Alex Caceres. Hard for me to be confident, but there's at least another path to victory there for Kroom. So just in terms of the pricing, 7.4K, I'm willing to take a chance on Kroom. I'm not expecting much out of him. I'm not expecting a dominant win. He's plus 440 inside the distance. He doesn't rate out spectacularly well, but he does save you a lot of salary. There are some narrative-based reasons why he could have success here. And ultimately, Alatang just isn't 
isn't a dominant fighter in any area of the game. I think this fight could be competitive for a while, and I think Krum has a chance to pull off the upset. So 7.4K, it's a risk, but he probably will be low-owned, and Kroom will be my salary play of the week. And finally, my fade of the week, it's going to be Pani Kianzad at 9.1K. And again, there, there's always risks with these fades. Just want to put that out there. I think Kianzad has a pretty distinct boxing advantage over Lena Landsberg. And if this fight just plays out purely at range, I think Kianzad might light her up. And we've already seen Landsberg get finished a couple times by strikes, by Aspen Ladd, by uh, Cyborg. Granted, those were on the mat, I believe, but... It's not impossible that Kianzad could defend takedowns, keep the fight upright, and knock Landsberg out. However, at 9.1K, I would rather take a chance on Budai. I'd rather play Sabatini. I'd rather play Bueno Silva. I'd rather play Jakar Close. There's going to be probably a couple big scores in that range. Kianzad falls very low on the priority list for me. And unless she wins by early knockout, I don't see her winning at all. I mean, she is... Um, let's see her inside distance. She's plus, she's minus 410 to win this fight, which is crazy, but she's plus 370 inside the distance, which isn't a strong number. Landsberg actually beat her when the pair fought in 2012. And I mean, I'm picking Kianzad to win this time, but you know, Kianzad's coming off a loss to Raquel Pennington in which she was out clinched, held against the cage got taken down, and that's kind of the same sort of deal that Landsberg will look to. It's the same style that Landsberg will look to fight with. Pennington's a better fighter than Landsberg, but there's definitely a distinct chance that Landsberg can neutralize Kianzad enough in the early portion of the fight to just kill off any value for Kianzad. So at 9.1K, there's just not too many ways for Kianzad to score. I don't think she's a great option from a fantasy perspective, and at 9.1K, she's going to be my fade of the week. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's UFC Quick Picks. Thank you so much for the support. You can follow me on Twitter at BradApley, double T, double P, dailyfandommma.com for all your DraftKings breakdowns needs. Just posted a 90-minute podcast covering every single fight on the slate with my boy Chris. Uh, rankings, projections, all that good stuff will come out Friday. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. As always, like the video. Remember, comment below who your favorite play is in the 9K range. Thank you for the support. Best of luck in your contest this week. Stay safe out there. We'll talk to you all soon. Peace.